Book Ten, Chapters Eleven to Twenty of the Confessions by Saint Augustine, translated by E. B. Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Book Ten, Chapter Eleven. Wherefore we find that to learn these things whereof we imbibe not the images by our senses, but perceive within by themselves, without images, as they are, is nothing else but by conception to receive and by marking to take heed that those things which the memory did before contain at random and unarranged be laid up at hand as it were in the same memory where before they lay unknown scattered and neglected and so readily occur to the mind familiarized to them and how many things of this kind does my memory bear which have been already found out and as i said placed as it were at hand which we are said to have learned and come to know which were i for some short space of time to cease to call to mind they are again so buried and glide back as it were into the deeper recesses that they must again as if new be thought out thence for another abode they have none but they must be drawn together again that they may be known that is to say they must as it were be collected together from their dispersion whence the word cogitation is derived for cogo collect and cogito recollect have the same relation to each other as ago and agito facio and factito but the mind hath appropriated to itself this word cogitation so that not what is collected anyhow but what is recollected i e brought together in the mind is properly said to be cogitated or thought upon chapter twelve the memory containeth also reasons and laws innumerable of numbers and dimensions none of which hath any bodily sense impressed seeing they have neither colour nor sound nor taste nor smell nor touch i have heard the sound of the words whereby when discussed they are denoted but the sounds are other than the things for the sounds are other in greek than in latin but the things are neither greek nor latin nor any other language i have seen the lines of architects the very finest like a spider's thread but those are still different they are not the images of those lines which the eyes of flesh showed me he knoweth them whosoever without any conception whatsoever of a body recognizes them within himself i have perceived also the numbers of the things with which we number all the senses of my body but those numbers wherewith we number are different nor are they the images of these and therefore they indeed are let him who sees them not deride me for saying these things and i will pity him while he derides me chapter thirteen all these things i remember and how i learnt them i remember many things also most falsely objected against them have i heard and remember which though they be false yet it is not false that i remember them and i remember also that i have discerned betwixt those truths and these falsehoods objected to them and i perceive that the present discerning of these things is different from remembering that i oftentimes discerned them when i often thought upon them i both remember then to have often understood these things and what i now discern and understand i lay up in my memory that hereafter i may remember that i understood it now so then i remember also to have remembered as if hereafter i shall call to remembrance that i have now been able to remember these things 
by the force of memory shall i call it to remembrance chapter fourteen the same memory contains also the affections of my mind not in the same manner that of my mind itself contains them when it feels them but far otherwise according to a power of its own for without rejoicing i remember myself to have joyed and without sorrow do i recollect my past sorrow and that i once feared i review without fear and without desire to call to mind a past desire sometimes on the contrary with joy do i remember my fore past sorrow and with sorrow joy which is not wonderful as to the body for mind is one thing body another if i therefore with joy remember some past pain of the body it is not so wonderful but now seeing this very memory itself is mind for when we give a thing in charge to be kept in memory we say so that you keep it in mind and when we forget we say it did not come to my mind and it slipped out of my mind calling the memory itself the mind this being so how is it that when with joy i remember my past sorrow the mind hath joy the memory hath sorrow the mind upon the joyfulness which is in it is joyful yet the memory upon the sadness which is in it is not sad does the memory perchance not belong to the mind who will say so the memory then is as it were the belly of the mind and joy and sadness like sweet and bitter food which when committed to the memory are as it were passed into the belly where they may be stowed but cannot taste ridiculous it is to imagine these to be alike and yet they are not utterly unlike but behold out of my memory i bring it when i say there be four perturbations of the mind desire joy fear sorrow and whatsoever i can dispute thereon by dividing each into its subordinate species and by defining it in my memory find i what to say and thence do i bring it yet am i not disturbed by any of these perturbations when by calling them to mind i remember them yea and before i recalled and brought them back they were there and therefore could they by recollection thence be brought perchance then as meat is by chewing the cud brought up out of the belly so by recollection of these out of the memory why then does not the disputer thus recollecting taste in the mouth of his musing the sweetness of joy the bitterness of sorrow is the comparison unlike in this because not in all respects like for who would willingly speak thereof if so oft as we name grief or fear we should be compelled to be sad or fearful and yet could we not speak of them did we not find in our memory not only the sounds of the names according to the images impressed by the senses of the body but notions of the very things themselves which we never received by any avenue of the body but which the mind itself perceiving by the experience of its own passions committed to the memory or the memory of itself retained without being committed unto it chapter fifteen but whether by images or no who can readily say thus i name a stone i name the sun the things themselves not being present to my senses but their images to my memory i name a bodily pain yet it is not present within me when nothing aches yet unless its image were present in my memory i should not know what to say thereof nor in discoursing discern pain from pleasure i name bodily health being sound in body the thing itself present with me 
yet unless its image also were present in my memory i could by no means recall what the sound of this name should signify nor would the sick when health were named recognize what were spoken unless the same image were by the force of memory retained although the thing itself were absent from the body i name numbers whereby we number and not their images but themselves are present in my memory i name the image of the sun and that image is present in my memory for i recall not the image of its image but the image itself is present in me calling it to mind i name memory and i recognize what i name and where do i recognize it but in the memory itself is it also present to itself by its image and not by itself chapter sixteen what when i name forgetfulness and withal recognize what i name whence should i recognize it did i not remember it i speak not of the sound of the name but of the thing which it signifies which if i had forgotten i could not recognize what that sound signifies when then i remember memory memory itself is through itself present with itself but when i remember forgetfulness there are present both memory and forgetfulness memory whereby i remember forgetfulness which i remember but what is forgetfulness but the privation of memory how then is it present that i remember it since when present i cannot remember but if what we remember we hold it in memory yet unless we did remember forgetfulness we could never at the hearing of the name recognize the thing thereby signified then forgetfulness is retained by memory present then it is that we forget not and being so we forget it is to be understood from this that forgetfulness when we remember it is not present to the memory by itself but by its image because if it were present by itself it would not cause us to remember but to forget who now shall search out this who shall comprehend how it is lord i truly toil therein yea and toil in myself i am become a heavy soil requiring overmuch sweat of the brow for we are not now searching out the regions of heaven or measuring the distances of the stars or inquiring the balancings of the earth it is i myself who remember i the mind it is not so wonderful if what i myself am not be far from me but what is nearer to me than myself and lo the force of mine own memory is not understood by me though i cannot so much as name myself without it for what should i say when it is clear to me that i remember forgetfulness shall i say that it is not my memory which i remember or shall i say that forgetfulness is for this purpose in my memory that i might not forget both were most absurd what third way is there how can i say that the image of forgetfulness is retained by my memory not forgetfulness itself when i remember it how could i say this either seeing that when the image of anything is impressed on the memory the thing itself must needs be first present whence that image may be impressed for thus do i remember carthage thus all places where i have been thus men's faces whom i have seen and things reported by the other senses thus the health or sickness of the body for when these things were present my memory received them from images which being present with me i might look on and bring back to my mind when i remembered them in their absence if then this forgetfulness is retained in the memory through its image not through itself then plainly itself was once present that its image might be taken 
but when it was present how did it write its image in the memory seeing that forgetfulness by its presence effaces even what it finds already noted and yet in whatever way although that way be past conceiving and explaining yet certain am i that i remember forgetfulness itself also whereby what we remember is effaced chapter seventeen great is the power of memory a fearful thing o my god a deep and boundless manifoldness and this thing is the mind and this am i myself what am i then o my god what nature am i a life various and manifold and exceeding immense behold in the plains and caves and caverns of my memory innumerable and innumerably full of innumerable kinds of things either through images as all bodies or by actual presence as the arts or by certain notions or impressions as the affections of the mind which even when the mind doth not feel the memory retaineth while yet whatever is in the memory is also in the mind over all these do i run i fly i dive on this side and on that as far as i can and there is no end so great is the force of memory so great the force of life even in the mortal life of man what shall i do then o thou my true life my god i will pass even beyond this power of mine which is called memory yea i will pass beyond it that i may approach unto thee o sweet light what sayest thou to me see i am mounting up through my mind towards thee who abidest above me yea i now will pass beyond this power of mine which is called memory desirous to arrive at thee whence thou mayest be arrived at and to cleave unto thee whence one may cleave unto thee for even beasts and birds have memory else they could not return to their dens and nests nor many other things they are used unto nor indeed could they be used to anything but by memory i will pass them beyond memory also that i may arrive at him who hath separated me from the four-footed beasts and made me wiser than the fowls of the air i will pass beyond memory also and where shall i find thee thou truly good and certain sweetness and where shall i find thee if i find thee without my memory then do i not retain thee in my memory and how shall i find thee if i remember thee not chapter eighteen for the woman that had lost her groat and sought it with a light unless she had remembered it she had never found it for when it was found whence should she know whether it were the same unless she remembered it i remember to have sought and found many a thing and this i thereby know that when i was seeking any of them and was asked is this it is that it so long said i no until that were offered me which i sought which i had not remembered whatever it were though it were offered me yet should i not find it because i could not recognize it and so it ever is when we seek and find anything lost notwithstanding when anything is by chance lost from the sight not from the memory as any visible body yet its image is still retained within and it is sought until it be restored to sight and when it is found it is recognized by the image which is within nor do we say that we have found what was lost unless we recognize it nor can we recognize it unless we remember it but this was lost to the eyes but retained in the memory chapter nineteen 
but what when the memory itself loses anything as falls out when we forget and seek that we may recollect where in the end do we search but in the memory itself and there if one thing be perchance offered instead of another we reject it until what we seek meets us and when it doth we say this is it which we should not unless we recognized it nor recognize it unless we remembered it certainly then we had forgotten it or had not the whole escaped us but by the part whereof we had hold was the lost part sought for in that the memory felt that it did not carry on together all which it was wont and maimed as it were by the curtailment of its ancient habit demanded the restoration of what it missed for instance if we see or think of some one known to us and having forgotten his name try to recover it whatever else occurs connects itself not therewith because it was not wont to be thought upon together with him and therefore is rejected until that present itself whereon the knowledge reposes equably as its wanted object and whence does that present itself but out of the memory itself for even when we recognize it on being reminded by another it is thence it comes for we do not believe it as something new but upon recollection allow what was named to be right but were it utterly blotted out of the mind we should not remember it even when reminded for we have not as yet utterly forgotten that which we remember ourselves to have forgotten what then we have utterly forgotten though lost we cannot seek after chapter twenty how then do i seek thee o lord for when i seek thee my god i seek a happy life i will seek thee that my soul may live for my body liveth by my soul and my soul by thee how then do i seek a happy life seeing i have it not until i can say where i ought to say it it is enough how seek i it by remembrance as though i had forgotten it remembering that i had forgotten it or desiring to learn it as a thing unknown either never having known or so forgotten it as not even to remember that i had forgotten it is not a happy life what all will and no one altogether wills it not where have they known it that they so will it where seen it that they so love it truly we have it how i know not yea there is another way wherein when one hath it then he is happy and there are who are blessed in hope these have it in a lower kind than they who have it in very deed yet are they better off than such as are happy neither in deed nor in hope yet even these had they it not in some sort would not so will to be happy which that they do will is most certain they have known it then i know not how and so have it by some sort of knowledge what i know not and am perplexed by whether it be in the memory which if it be then we have been happy once whether all severally or in that man who first sinned in whom also we all died and from whom we are all born with misery i now inquire not but only whether the happy life be in the memory for neither should we love it did we not know it we hear the name and we all confess that we desire the thing for we are not delighted with the mere sound for when a greek hears it in latin he is not delighted not knowing what is spoken but we latins are delighted as would he too if he heard it in greek because the thing itself is neither greek nor latin which greeks and latins and men of all other tongues long for so earnestly 
known therefore it is to all for could they with one voice be asked would they be happy they would answer without doubt they would and this could not be unless the thing itself whereof it is the name were retained in their memory and book ten chapter twenty